when you realize that the Irish language is so complicated, there's so much grammar, especially if you come from the English language perspective, it can feel a bit overwhelming. And to be honest, yeah, I'm an Irish speaker, but I don't know all the rules. So here's me in favor of a simplified Irish language. Welcome to episode 86 of the Bite Size Irish podcast. If I can give a practical tip to start with, here's my advice, here's my conclusion already, that we all make mistakes and even when you're an adult speaker in your own language, your own native language, you'll still make mistakes and there are mistakes being formed into the culture in the way we speak, things are changing year by year, things are simplifying. And in practicality, if you're learning the Irish language, don't be too hard on yourself. Speak it. That's way more important, way, way more important, infinitely more important than trying to be correct and always getting things right. So if we look at a bit of reality, the Irish language, this Celtic language that's been, from what I understand, in its current form pretty much for the last 2000 years, pretty much. It's changed since but pretty much it's been the same language and it's gone through kind of generational changes. Um, but I'm no expert and an academic might just <laughs> shut me down completely by saying that. But reality of the Irish language as we accept it today, there are things like the shevu, the uru, there's declensions, there's genders, um, plurality and singularity. And all this combines into a pretty complicated language when you when it comes down to it and coming from the English language perspective it's actually hard to imagine some of these cases because well cases no pun intended <laughs> that uh, a lot of these or some of these concepts uh, that come through Irish language grammar just don't exist in the uh, English language and let me just point out don't exist anymore in English language, in its Germanic, Saxon, ancestral language, there were indeed declensions and cases um, as we see them in German today. Okay, let's jump on to a phenomenon, phenomenon called, uh, I would call, urban Irish, the urban Irish language. It's that language that is spoken uh, in urban areas of Ireland. And typically there's a real mix because... Since the Irish language is such a minority language, like the numbers of people speaking the language are just minuscule, absolutely minuscule. When you look at the absolute numbers of daily speakers outside of the education system, about 80,000 people reported in the 2016 census that they speak the Irish language on a daily basis outside of the education system. It is tiny. And one of, the, one of the things that comes out of this dynamic is that a lot of the speakers of the Irish language are not exactly native speakers or they're not native speakers. 
They've come to love the language, for example, through the education system. They go to school, they do well at the Irish language, and they build, start building up friendships and social structures around the language. So a lot of people, I would say, speaking urban Irish are like this. Like, I've got friends like this in Limerick City in Ireland. And I know there's bigger scenes in, for example, Belfast in Dublin City. So what I'll call urban Irish, a lot of, you know, some people might have moved also from the Gaeltacht regions into urban areas. Or indeed their parents might have moved and they've got a lovely... Um, what we might call traditional sound of the Irish language but a lot of urban speakers uh, they let's say they'll speak with a modern tone and to be honest it's uh, a lot of that comes from the English language there's a lot of influence from the English language so for example like I should um, expand my case a bit what I mean by a simplified Irish why I'm in favor of it well there's a tension there. That's the problem. Uh, for example, non-native speakers of the Irish language will often not use a lot of the sounds that are uh, uh, real sounds of the what you might call authentic, uh, full <laughs> Irish language. Take Let's take, for example, specifically the slender R sound. Now, the slender R sound conveys meaning. For example, it can convey um a plurality like pictur is a picture that's an imported word yeah fair enough and pictur or picturi there's different uh, uh pluralities even then but pictur uh, would be multiple pictures and that sound at the end of the word is a slender or now me personally i'm it's a learned sound for me um but people who grew up in the Gaeltacht region speaking the Irish language, it would be an essential part of what you would call the Irish language. It's it's really a part of the Irish language. But a lot of people speak Irish without these uh, sounds. Like, for example, and this is the tension again, I called Revenue. They're the tax collector in Ireland. I had to call them about the bite-sized Irish uh, company because for our employees. We're paying taxes. They have a new system. So I, I called them on the phone and I chose the Irish language option and the message, the kind of voicemail recording message uh, from the woman from Revenue, she's obviously an English speaker. She was speaking the Irish language and not really trying to be uh, very pure in her Irish language pronunciation, let's put it that way. And she was completely missing some sounds uh, of the Irish language she was reading out words in the in the Irish language didn't seem to really be interested in sounding like a speaker of the language if I can say it that way okay another uh, tangent maybe is my own Irish so I grew up in Ennis and County Clare uh, Irish is my first language both my parents uh, pretty much learned Irish along the way so neither of them you could call native speakers of the Irish language. Definitely you couldn't call them that. I call myself a native speaker because it's my first language. Now, the, la the, the version of Irish that I speak is definitely not a pure Gaeltacht Irish that has pure lineage, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. It skipped a couple of generations. And personally, I went through Irish language school in primary and secondary or high school. So, for example, I learned French 
through Irish. The teacher was speaking Irish, telling us about the French language, and then, you know, the same way a teacher would be speaking English and teaching you French, uh, if it's not an immersive environment. I learned the Irish language. We went into grammar, cases, declensions, uh, genders, all that. And to be honest, was it that I wasn't interested? Yeah, I wasn't interested. It, it wasn't interesting to me. Um, but I didn't pick up uh, properly the grammar of the Irish language. And I call myself a native speaker of the Irish language because it's my first language. It's my maternal language. Now, how does this apply to you? If you're learning the Irish language, I'd say don't be so hard on yourself. That's in practicality. That's what the message I'm trying to get through to you <laughs> during this show. Now, uh, the English language, like I mentioned, it's probably the best shared example that you and I have because I'm speaking in English. You obviously understand me if you understand this. So the English language is the Germanic language. The Anglo-Saxons um, brought us this language. And the English language is a gross simplification of what came before it. Um, many of its, of its words, uh, like a, a large percentage of English language words come from the French language because the French language was uh, the dominant court language in England for a period of time and the English language was under pressure and what did it do? It absorbed all these um, uh, words and phrases and pronunciations. It absorbed French into English and at the same time, English lost a lot of its like uh, subtleties or core structures like declensions and cases. Okay, there's maybe some signs of those things still in the English language, but they're certainly not what you might call a pillar of uh, English language grammar. So if you can take any language as an example where it survived a simplification, English is a good example. So <laughs> let me just use that to build my case. Now, Let's talk about the case against simplification because I'm not completely sold on simplification um, because there's a tension there. Like, so if you take it to the logical extreme that you should simplify a language, yeah, you can probably oversimplify it and uh, uh, recommend that people speak without any kind of grammar, without tenses. Okay, let's drop the past tense. Let's drop the future tense. Let's just all speak in present tense. And that brings me to the point that grammar exists for a reason. It, it's an emergent property of a way of communication uh, in a community. And grammar conveys meaning. So if you start simplifying a language, you need to either uh, drop subtleties that the language already had for its speakers, or you find other structures, other ways of saying the same thing, perhaps in a more simplified way. So um, it's this tension that if you listen to pure Irish language recordings from the Gaeltacht, people with pure lineage um, where the Irish language has been uh, the intergenerational language without stop for hundreds of years. So if you listen to those, um, you hear the subtleties, the nuances of their language, and this is it, you hear the beauty of the language. You really hear that fluency, that sing-song approach to speaking the Irish language. It really flows out of them and it's a beautiful sound. And that's 
that's the tension for me because if I'm recommending the simplification of the Irish language much further than we already have, by the way, is what I'm recommending, what I'd be in favour of generally in, in Irish society and for Irish learners. But having said that, I, I really appreciate the beauty of the, the subtleties of the fullness, the richness of the Irish language. And that's the tension I have. I don't have an answer to that tension. But I still feel that it's basically unsustainable to try to assume that every speaker of the Irish language um, will speak uh, every little subtlety of the Irish language. And let's face it, a lot of people are already speaking the Irish language like that, like the urban Irish speakers. A lot of people speak the Irish language without all its subtleties, without all its grammar. They're missing shevu and aru. Uh, and they're not getting the gender right and doing word mutations in the correct way. But you know what? If you're getting your point across and you're trying, I think that's enough. To to be honest, that's enough for me. So I rest my case. That's me done. Um, I hope at least it's given uh, you some uh, thought and something that you'll reflect on yourself. And I'd love to hear your own questions. So you can record your question for this podcast and be recorded, um, well, be featured in the podcast. So what you do, you go to www.bitesize.irish, or just search Bite Size Irish, and go to um, uh, the blog menu item at the top of the screen, go into podcast, and on that podcast page, there's a big button, you hit record. I hear that maybe iPhones aren't great for recording your sound, but give it a go. You can do it on your Android phone or your computer, uh, try to be in a quiet space and try to um, uh, uh, write out your question first. So at least you've got some kind of idea of what you want to say in the podcast first. So I love the more philosophical the question, the better. Um, so if you're pondering the reality of the Irish language, I'd love to hear it rather than addressing specific grammatical questions, which to be honest, I'm not the f- best person to be answering anyway. So thanks a lot for listening. I look forward to your questions for this podcast. And thanks as always to Tsukumo, which you hear on this episode under a Creative Commons license. Tsukumo, like I've covered in past episodes, um, are a group or were a group in Japan. So uh, learners of of Irish traditional music, playing the music, belting it out in Japan. So fair play to them. Thanks for sharing it, lads. Here, until next time, thanks for listening to the Bite Size Irish podcast and come on over to bitesize.irish for your bit of the Irish language. Slán tamil, bye!